for you. An artist, a challenge, a bullshit, a wisdom, and a surprise. Tune in and feel the magic of fire. Hello everyone. This is Marta. And this is Anna. And this is You've Got Five Options show. And we are live on the airwaves and we are very happy because of that. Definitely we are. There is always a little bit of nervousness and a little bit of tension and a little bit of anxiety (laughs) (laughs) Uh, when we are going live because there is nothing like, oh, can we just record it again, please? No, we cannot. We are live, live, live. And actually today I had a very interesting flashback from the past because when we were recording our other shows, uh, we heard a vacuum cleaner. And once it happened at You've Got Five Options when we were live on air and suddenly we could hear a vacuum cleaner uh, in a background, uh, we had a lot of things going on on that show. Yeah. And, you know, guys, we are doing it already for almost three years Mm-hmm. This is so crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it always feel like the first time sometimes. Always, sometimes, yeah. I think my English is definitely not improving, which is sad. Sad for me and sad for our <laughs> listeners. Hey, we need to get some cool show, uh, the next one, to celebrate our anniversary. Our birthday, yeah. Yeah, it should have been this one, actually. It's getting out closest to the anniversary. That's true, (laughs) but fear not, people, because the show will be very cool. It will just have not much to do with our uh, birthday, Uh, but the show will be cool indeed because we have a very exciting guest that will call into the studio. And we already had uh, this guest on our show back in the past, uh, that was our very first interview we we have done uh, in the so-called field. So we went with uh, borrowed uh, recording equipment to uh, to meet our guest uh, outside of the studio because of certain conditions that probably will come up and will become very obvious while we will do this show. And I remember this was uh, this was also quite uh, stressful, but it went pretty well. Yeah, so you have been very mysterious and I'm sure that our listeners are now like, what the hell is she talking about? Okay, I think so they are like this every single week. <laughs> let's start from the bottom. We are going to talk to Morten Bonde. Yes. A guy we talked to in episode 107. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was in March 2019. So mm-hmm. it will be a great thing to follow up with Morten, what has happened in his life over uh, this year and three months, or half, actually, <laughs> we are like in <laughs> September, year and a half. Yes. I don't know why. Creative <laughs> mathematics. No, I was like, it was not only creative mathematics this time, w- which would be a regular case. This time it was actually <laughs> creative season because... <laughs> I thought we were in June and we're in September. Okay. Marta, you need to stop drinking when you are when we are live on a really. 
<laughs> I don't drink anything else than tea, coffee, and water. Yeah, and apparently that uh, that makes uh, a, a charm. Good yeah, mix, yeah, it's it's a gr- good mix. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being patient with us over the last almost three years, because obviously you do have to have some patience. So we are going to call Morten in just a moment. Yeah. For those of you who are listening to us on the radio or don't remember Morten, haven't heard that specific show, I will just read a very short introduction of Morten from uh, from uh, an article on the creative factor Uh, .co. So in 2002, at age 29, Danish art director Morten Bonde learned that he had retinitis pigmentosa, a rare degenerative eye condition that causes visual cells in the retina to die one by one. Today, Bonde, now 47, has a visual field, the area of space you can see at one time of four degrees. A person with a visual field of 20 degrees is le- or less is considered legally blind. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to give you this little uh, introduction uh, because the most amazing thing about Morton is that he really does not allow himself to be defined by that disease. Mm-hmm. That's the most amazing, inspiring thing. So we will not need to be necessarily talking about that much. And at the same time, if you are interested how a person with that kind of condition sees, we have a a YouTube video that displays how it is to to have four degree vision field. And yeah, and we will also link to that um, to that article that I just mentioned, because it is it's quite amazing how Morton deals with this condition. So let us just jump into it and call Morton. Yes. So just give us a second as we dial. There is a chance you will hear my wonderful waiting tune. Or not. Wow. Hello, it's Morton. Hi, Morton. This is Marta and... Anna, <laughs> calling you. Uh, can you can you hear us well? Perfectly. Fantastic. We also can hear you very well, which is, I would say, halfway to go because uh, that's very important. We rarely do the phone interviews, so we are always a bit nervous how how the quality of the sound will go. But we can hear you very well. Welcome, yeah. Morten. Thank you. So, Martin, we already did a short introduction. We have reminded that you were on the show in March 2019. We yeah. have already reminded our listeners who you are and that you are that amazing guy that works at Lego as art uh, director uh, with uh, a condition that makes it quite a challenge to, to be able to work visually. Yeah. Yeah, which I believe is like one of the most amazing and beautiful things about life <laughs> and about your story yeah you kind of find ways often yeah you know i was just saying that you are one of the most inspiring persons uh, that i know not only because you are n- not allowing to feel sorry for yourself and not wanting to play the role of a victim and like always you know finding the good part of it but what i really like about you is your boyish joy <laughs> <laughs> boyish i think 
<laughs> I think that's a trait that comes from working at Lego. I probably think not. I, I often I often think that my colleagues and and myself when we are together, I think we are at least fifteen years younger than we than we uh, uh, appear or uh, behave. So I, I think that's a that comes from from that probably. <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. nice to be around you, Martin. You have a really special energy, this uh, this joy, yeah, this uh, this boyish joy. And yeah, um, yeah I, I did not mention that yet, but after when we did that show in March uh, 2019, we it was just the first time Anna and I met you. We've never met before. We just went to uh, Lego. <laughs> we were let in the room and, and we like we never spoke <laughs> to each other oh. before, uh, apart from a short phone conversation. So it was a pretty, uh, yeah, a pretty intense uh, thing to do. Yeah. And now and since we kind of became like the phone friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, is that is do. that a new thing? Like uh, back in the day, it was like pen pals, and now it's phone friends. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. phone and Zoom Zoom friends. I think we can also call it today. Oh yes, yeah. That yeah. that uh, we upgraded from phone friends to Zoom yeah. friends uh, during the, uh, the pandemic or during the lockdown. Yeah. 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 So thank you so much, Morten, to coming back uh, to the show again. And um, I wanted to, like, you know, start with a really good question. So tell us what has changed in your life since March 2019? Okay, 2019. Was it really so long ago? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well, you know, since then I have, um, no, no, there's so many things that I uh, have happened that it's almost uh, difficult to mention uh, here and but I'll, I'll try it just from the top of my head uh, you know I, I published the book uh, the Danish version of uh, my book Dumped Blind Vesso and then uh, today actually I am releasing the English version of that book and in between there I've been um, yeah I've been giving a lot of uh, talks uh, lectures uh, on the matters and the uh, subjects that I write about in the book but but I've also been trying to figure out how my life um, should be like after sixteen that's where that's the that's where it all started basically when I was uh, declared legally blind, which was kind of a surprise which Again, it's pretty weird that you don't know that you are legally blind. How can that be? So that's also the strange side effect of this disease that you partly uh, sighted and partly um, blind, which is a strange thing. It's very difficult to explain. So mm -hmm. I've been trying also for the last year to figure out how is my role going to be at Lego and, and you know, how, what kind of... Uh, person do I want to become and and that's that's the the whole exploration part of this uh, process uh, the book is sort of a side effect or something that came out of that uh, basically it wasn't really the mission to write a book it just was something that helped me discovering some deeper sides of myself yeah, that book, uh, it's uh, its an amazing coincidence <laughs> Is that we have you on the show exactly on the day of the release of the book. And the English version is called Sentence to Blindness. Now what? I was just like online and I was seeing that message from you 
that you will be releasing the book on Friday. And I had like a change of plans that you've got five options. I was like, that must be a sign that Morton is releasing his book exactly on that date. And I was like, Morton, are you by any chance available <laughs> on yeah. Friday at two? So it was one of these amazing coincidences that has happened. Yeah, yeah. and I think I've, I've experienced a lot of those uh, the last couple of years where normally in, in my old days, you know, the, the pre-16 modern would have said, yeah, coincidence, <laughs> but today I'm more like, ah, you know, pretty many coincidences in my life. So, so maybe I'm really creating those uh, coincidences or something is going on that's uh, that's something that's really strange when you get it when you think deeper about how life unfolds sometimes yeah that's that's correct i think that uh, the other way to call it is the synchronicity right uh, yeah. when suddenly things just uh, meet each other certain uh, events and people just go in a certain way and We call it coincidence, but there is a kind of, I would say, interesting mystical vibe to it. I like to call uh, call it synchronicity. Yeah, yeah. This, you know, some will some will say that it's uh, mystical, but I actually, from from my research, maybe I think the explanation is that we have this enormous uh, subconscious mind that we only use. Uh, you know, we we only conscious five percent of mm -hmm. the time you know in our life so and i think that what happens is that when you in your conscious mind decide you want to do something and you put your focus on wanting something then you get sort of prone or you get um, you put yourself in a position where you recognize or you see things that you wouldn't normally see because you're not looking after them so there there are something that you know it could be almost mystical but it could also be that You put your awareness or attention to something, and then you you recognize it. You you see it. I I, I read once uh, someone saying that when you open a newspaper and you look, your your brain will you know get it all. It will consume everything. But because you can't consume everything consciously, you only see the things that you are sort of interested in. So that's why you think you see the things that you're supposed to see because you are interested in it. But it's, um, it, it is a very interesting subject, and I, I touch upon it a lot in the book um, because it was a, a revelation for me to learn about these things, and I really uh, used those uh, insights in creating the life that I have now and uh, uh, the path that I'm on right now. That's really definitely something that you get a lot of when you interact with Martin. You get a scientific <laughs> explanation to almost everything that is happening around, which I, uh, which I absolutely appreciate. Uh, yeah, but you know what they say, magic is science not yet discovered. So yeah, I exactly. believe that there is a lot of things we like to call, for a lack of a better uh, description, mystical of paranormal, but they are simply not explained yet. And uh, I believe that there were things that were called, you know, paranormal or mystical or magical 100 years ago. And yeah. now they are perfectly explained by by uh, scientific method. So, but Morten, I have to say I'm super excited for the English version of your book. Uh, I was waiting for it uh, 
quite a lot because my uh, Danish is not so good and I would like to understand it quite well. So I'm really, really excited actually. And I'm really excited to read especially those scientifical remarks that you have about more mystical parts of life. Yeah, I, you know, I, the, my, my intention with the book mm -hmm. was to write a book that was, um, that wouldn't alienate anyone. I, I was really uh, reading uh, mystical things. I was really touching upon uh, material that would probably, you know, uh, throw off a lot of people saying, ah, no, this sounds like a woo-woo. Uh, and and <laughs> yeah. I wanted to explore it and then just be open to it and then see, okay, how can I, even though it may may sound a little weird and it's not probably something that most people will, will believe in, can I try to uh, implement it in my life anyway and then see what happens, you know, experience experiment with with things instead of just saying no i don't believe it so i don't want to go in that direction so i started experimenting with a lot of things that i would normally not uh, allow to experiment uh, myself uh, or, or invest myself in so so i try to take the mystical out of something that i think we just don't know about or we don't realize or recognize mm -hmm. in, in our lives that's uh, that's the intention uh, with the book and and that's why the, the it, it is divided into three parts and the first part is about you know when you have something in your life that you will call a very unfortunate uh, circumstance it, it could be anything it you know in my in my um situation it was the blindness you know becoming blind but it could be anything i, I describe about that and and then i really you know go into more talking about what is that we are thinking what the, the thoughts that we have is often what creates the problems in our lives not not the actual experiences that we have it's the, what we think about them and um, then i go into the second part where i open up to a lot of um knowledge about the subconscious and the conscious and mindfulness and meditation and and then the third part of the book i say okay that's all great knowledge. It's uh, well, I, I know a lot, but you know, if you don't use it in your life, it's um, it's um, redundant. It's you, know, you have to put it into practice, and that's what I did in the in the third part of the book, where I gave myself some challenges, who were going to you know make me, uh, you know, uh, instead of uh, having to think too much about doing things, I had I had to sort of train myself to see possibilities instead of just you know think about seeing possibilities and uh, it's much difficult much more difficult uh, than you think because we have this habitual you know uh, machine how <laughs> i would almost almost call it that has to be trained and um, so that's that's the journey of the book Thank you so much. I, I read the book in Danish. I couldn't wait for the English version. Mm -hmm. And I read the book in Danish. I really appreciated and enjoyed reading the book. So uh, absolutely, uh, I think the book is really great and brings a lot. And each of the three parts is something that many people can get a lot from. And I wanted to ask you about it because uh, the title of the book is Sentence to Blindness. Now what? Tell us a little bit about that title and about who the book is actually for oh that's a good question actually and um, you know the, the the title sentence to blindness now what was um, something I came up with back in 17 maybe um, the beginning of 17 because uh, at that point I felt I really felt that I was 
um, receiving a sentence back in 2002 when I was uh, told that I was going to be blind. I felt like you know this this guy in the room with this uh, with this uh, uh, white rope. He said to me that I was going to be blind uh, somewhere in the future. So I, that was a sentence for me, and I think back then it was a terrible thing. It was horrifying, and uh, you know I couldn't accept it. So. I felt as if I was giving a sentence, and that's why I, th- I thought to myself, you know, this is going to be the title of the book, even though that today I probably don't know, I, I wouldn't give that title to the book today because I'm, I'm somewhere else. I don't see this as a sentence anymore. I see it as a, almost as a gift because it opened my eyes, and that's a funny thing to say when you are going blind, but it opened my eyes to things that I wouldn't probably have learned about or realized if I hadn't had this sort of circumstance in my life that made me stop and look upon life and appreciate it and really be grateful of being here. I, I really am so grateful of of, uh, of, of being me and, and living this life that I have, even though that I'm, I'm facing this uh, sort of dooms uh, prophecy or some, you know, something that's going to happen in the future. But but so the sentence to to blindness that was sort of how I felt when I was uh, you know sitting in the middle of the of the darkness. But you know, Martin, I have to tell you that I think that the title of the book still still holds water, because when I think about sentenced to blindness, sentence usually comes from an outside, right? It's a judge or a doctor or external uh, person that is sentencing you to something by giving an opinion or a statement, you are going to be blind, let's say. And uh, you were sentenced by, let's say, a, a medical doctor. To blindness, let's call it, yeah. of course, in a very, very simplified form. Now I'm saying this, uh, so it is a sentence. But I guess inside of the book we will learn that the sentence that came from the external uh, circumstances um, is not necessarily something that have to dictate your internal. Uh, experience or your life. So I think actually the title still holds water in a way. Yeah, I, I, I think too. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I don't. I just don't think I would title the book "Sentence to Blindness" if I came up with the idea for the book today. Then I would have uh, turned it around and found something that was more mm-hmm. that would that would instantly give you hope or the feeling of ah, oh, this is something you know I can I can feel that this book will give me something and I. I don't know if it if it does that right now. I think it needs a little bit of explanation or explaining that it is actually a book that can help a lot of people to change their perspective on their life situations that that often are um, labeled by ourselves to be bad, for instance. And mm-hmm. and I, what I what I did was to train myself to see things from the different perspective when I. When I was, um, you know, before 16, I was really good at looking at something and then say, well, this is bad. This is good. This is uh, boring. This is uh, funny. This is, this is, you know, a lot of things that I came up with, but based on my own inner judging. So I was the one, you know, naming things out there and, and, 
when I started really going deeper into mindfulness and meditation, I realized that I have often the opportunity or the power to make or make up my mind if something is bad or if something is good. It's it's something that I decide myself, and and that has changed a lot of things in my life because I don't feel I don't feel angry. I don't feel resentment to anyone because I can I can stop that judging machine in my head and say okay why are you why are you saying this where does that come from oh I, maybe it comes from you know that's what my you know teachers always said oh wait but you're not your teachers you can make up your own mind will will you still put your label on it when you if if you are to decide oh actually no I can't see the point in it and now I actually feel I'm more happy than I was before because no, I, I made a conscious choice that I wanted to see this from a positive uh, side. So th- that was that was so, in, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I I learned that from one of the the challenges that I gave myself. I said for thirty days I have to stop swap thoughts. Every time I had a negative thought on on something, I had to notice it, and then I had to praise myself for noticing it, and then I had to turn it around in five seconds to something that is actually positive the opposite side and what i learned was that there are always both sides there it's it's it it the whole universe is in balance it's it's often us that are not in balance so when i uh, uh, cultivated that ability i could instantly see a a positive thing in not reaching the bus because then i would have 30 minutes more to listen to my audiobook that's you know awesome so we we have that power and we not we're not really aware of it and um, I hope that is also a message that would come very clearly through uh, from reading the book. Absolutely. I mean, you are living this in your life and you are, you have really included it in a beautiful way in the book. I mean, just looking at, you know, from the outer perspective, you are that guy, you are an art direction working with visual communication when you're legally blind. You are that guy who says that my blindness has allowed me to see so much more. And um, I love uh, one of the things that I read about you. One of the things you said, maybe I am losing my vision, but I have gained the courage to do anything I decide. Yeah. And these are really, you know, these are really, really powerful. um, This is a really powerful sentence and a powerful approach because you could easily give in to seeing yourself as a victim someone who you need to be sorry for and that really takes away your power that really yeah. really drags any power that uh, that has been there and you are taking this approach that is opposite to the uh, disempowering one you are taking you're really stepping into your power uh, with this approach and you've mentioned something about having that inner judge and you've mentioned some, uh, Anna has mentioned also about often a judge is someone that is giving you a sentence. Then you've mentioned about your inner judge. And I am thinking about uh, judges and something that comes to my mind uh, immediately are very interesting characters that we get to meet in the book. You're not the <laughs> only um, character that appears in the book. There are three other guys that we get to meet. Tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing because you know when I first presented the book to 
to a couple of editors, they actually said, you know, we have you have to, you know, get rid of them. Get out, you know, get them out. They're, they are characters that appear in the book and um, uh, <laughs> not to give too much away, they, they will tell a story that you have to think about while you read some of the other things in the book, which is about, you know, the mind and, the, you know, how, how you can change habits, but also my story and how, you know, all this, uh, you know, about my vision and, and actually my, my low self-worth and self-esteem, I talk about that a lot in the book. I think that's something that we all know about. Can, you know, living up in this time we, we grow up in, we, we easily lose the confidence in ourselves because we can, we can compare ourselves to so much going on out there. So I um, created a, a sort of a meta story that, that is uh, going through the book. And um, I, I think people will, some people will right away say, ah, oh, I get it. And some people I have experienced, they go all the way through the book and they ask me, what was that? So that's interesting for me. And I think I start in the uh, preface of the book to say that there are some patterns in the book. Uh, maybe you'll see them and or, and maybe you won't. And um, so I think this is just a, a warning to people when they read the book. There will be some characters appearing in the book. What are they? I can tell you. You have to figure out for yourself what they are because... Um, it will show you how much you are consumed by your thoughts, and um, I, I think, I think that will give you sort of an aha moment um, when you when you experience that story. I absolutely, you know, I just had to mention the characters because they were my favorite part of the book. So thanks God you have not listened to those publishers who have um, proposed uh, to get rid of them. And uh, you, you did go with self-publishing. Uh, so not only you are that legally blind guy that uh, writes books and uh, gets his uh, broader vision through losing the sight and you are you also self-published so you are really showcasing some uh, some empowerment here and and that's that's truly and deeply inspiring and uh, we'll leave uh, for to our listeners to sit with that uh, powerful yeah. inspiration for a moment as we get a little bit of a musical break uh, so yeah. that we will be back with Morten in just a few minutes. Uh, Anna, what is the song we will have? Uh, Dave, what is the song that we will have? <laughs> uh, the song is called Beating on the Drum. Okay, so it's finally beating on the drum. Guys, we are actually uh, now replaying some of the wonderful pieces that we have got from independent artists back in 2019 because we also believe that it is worth to replay songs as the normal mainstream radios are replaying uh, different songs for thousands and thousands of times on end. So we will hear a beautiful piece beating on a drum by uh, Gregory Boyd. And after that, we will come back to Morten. Superman Music brings to you Artist of the Week. 
Okay, just making sure, Martin, can you hear us? Yes. Fantastic. And we can hear you, which is uh, even better news. Yes, that's <laughs> the, the, otherwise the interview would be uh, slightly challenged. <laughs> Yeah, yes. it could be interesting. Yeah. So thank you, Dave, for playing Gregory Boyd beating on a drum, a song that I personally like a lot and I played sometimes home. Uh, sometimes I think it really is a pity that there is so many fantastic songs out there uh, that are simply unheard of because they don't have a platform of a commercial radio. So I hope that with our initiative over here where we give a bit of airtime to independent artists. We are contributing to you, our dear listeners, finding out um, more interesting tunes and making your life musically diverse. That was all I wanted to say for this part. And Marta, I will give you back the microphone. Okay, we have two microphones, but I will just shut up. <laughs> okay, so coming back to Martin Bonde and his book, Sentence to Blindness, Now What? Just in case if someone joined us uh, during our uh, musical break. So Martin, writing this book, what did it mean for you personally in your life? Well, it was a very good way of creating an overview of the life I had been living from, you know, all the way back to my childhood. And um, it was a good way. I kind of realized at one point that what I wanted to do was to create a new uh, version of myself. That was something that came to me when I was sitting in the municipal office one cold December day in 16, and I was sitting with all these people around me from the commune and, uh, uh, you know, social workers, and we were talking about how I could um, get in position to get a flex job or retirement or something like that, because I was, I was, had no more energy to do anything. I was, uh, at that point, I was suffering from stress and depression. I was I was simply done with. And um, all of a sudden there in that uh, office, I had this very strange experience. I could I could sense that people's talking got sort of more and more distant. And all of a sudden in my head, I heard, I heard this very clear voice saying, what do you want to do with your life, Morten? It was so like, oh my God, there's something talking to me. And and then I, I felt that, you know, everything, just before that moment, I felt that, you know, I lost everything. I had lost, lost the ability to drive. I had lost the ability to work the way that I normally would work. And, you know, I'd lost the one that I thought that I was, you know, all the identities. And when that, when, when I experienced that death in, in that room, that was the most, um, what what can I say? I, I felt so free. I felt relieved in a way that I had, you know, forgotten about. And um, I realized that, that uh, you know, I, at that point I realized, I realized, you know, I am something much deeper than all these identities that I think I am. So I, I started thinking about, could I imagine a new version of myself? Could I, could I, could I create a character um, and not being attached to it, but simply try playing different roles and see what role would fit me. But before I could do that, I need to figure out who I was. So I was uh, using the book to sort of look back and see how did I become the person that I am, uh, I was uh, up to that point. Because then I could look at the things I had to change 
the things I had to become better at, and um, and that was uh, that that was being um, confrontative about the fears that I always had, the worrying, always looking for something that could go wrong, and then I had to challenge that, and um, so the book became sort of a journal or a diary in that process and that's also why the book a lot of times when i say you can do this or you should think about that i'm actually talking to myself because i knew that i would go back and read this book many times because i had to you know i had to train that subconscious mind to accept that i was now teaching myself to think in a different way so so in that way the book became my own sort of a tool to keep at it and stick to those new ideas that i wanted to implement in my life so it feels like this this book could be really helpful for any people that feel stuck in their life and and they are ready to look at their life how do you believe this book can help people I think what you know it has been out there for years so I have collected a lot of uh, reviews on it and I think that that there are people who are not ready to read it they will probably they could actually be offended by it because I very clearly state in the book that happiness is a choice so you if you feel sorry for yourself that's because you've chosen that and that's that can be very difficult to read if you feel that you are in a very um in a bad position in your life and you feel that all the things mm. that around you have put you there so so i think that would be tough for for people uh, to read it if they're not ready to see that we can actually choose ourselves if we want to be happy or or sad so i think the the book can give something to people who sort of are in a position where they are where where they're willing to open up to a new to new ideas and maybe have experienced on their own life that I'm not really happy why am I not happy I'm I am you know complaining about being in a in a in a queue at Bilka and I'm complaining about people around me and I hate my job and my boss is such an idiot and all those when you can start looking inwards and say okay you know if if the whole world is you know stupid dumb and all those things maybe it's my own you know judging of it that is maybe i need to look inward and figure out if i have a uh, you know uh, um if i have a negative perspective on anything on everything and can i change that perspective so in that regard i think the book can can take people by the hand it is also the subtitle is called a journey from hopelessness street to possibility road and it's because this was my journey and i think people can copy a lot of the things that i write about because there are actually tangible and very easy implementable tools in the book that i that i figured out based on you know the immense amount of uh, audio books that i consumed in in a rather short period of time Yeah, I, I guess your Audible subscription is uh, quite full of different audiobooks because you mentioned that you listen to that on a regular basis. But I completely agree. I think 
the statement that we are all responsible for our own happiness could be uh, triggering for many people, especially yes. people who are in a, in a kind of a victim mode mentality, people who like to blame uh, the external circumstances and external uh, situations for their unhappiness, people who don't really feel like they have a control over um, over their life at all or to a very limited extent. Um, I believe that there will be people who will pick up this book of this kind and some of them will probably see a light of hope and some of them will get very angry. But I guess this is just how it is. Yeah. I just, yeah, I feel that because it's a story told by someone who really found himself in this mm -hmm. position and not just like a smart ass, I don't know, coach or motivational speaker exactly, you know. that talks theoretically about, you know, you can now uh, change, uh, I don't know, reprogram your brain or whatever. I think that's, there's a lot of power in that story because yes, I believe it can get many people angry and sometimes it's a good thing. Yeah, that you can like Completely. really something shakes you that mm -hmm. is uh, not always coming through this, you know, oh, it just came to me like a piano of purpose. And, you know, <laughs> like I had a vo I heard a voice in my head like you, you say that um, it doesn't always uh, start this way. Sometimes there, there is a period of hopelessness. Sometimes there is a period of anger. We kind of sometimes need something to shake us mm -hmm. in order to be able to open to a new perspective. Yeah, I, yeah. I completely agree. And I can, I can see that very well that this can be triggering, but hopefully it can be also cathartic. And Marta, you are absolutely right. You know, when we uh, read those, uh, let's call them, uh, for a lack of better word, self-help books, you know, and they are written by some guys who are in a Lamborghini or, <laughs> you know, uh, next to the pool talking how mm -hmm. they raise themselves up from uh, some depression that you don't even know if they ever had because that can be a very smart marketing ploy. Here we have mm -hmm. a person who really go through something and, you know, no one can actually take away from you your experience, you know, if someone will say, uh, I know better because I suffer, but you know, it's um, the, the, your life journey and the situation and what has happened to you give you extra credibility and validity. And I think that uh, this is a great thing uh, because it can uh, definitely help to spread the message across. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm, <laughs> I learned something else from this uh, process. Uh, you know, the, the thing about having, you know, having right, you know, I'm right and you're wrong. I, mm -hmm. It became so ridiculous for me uh, at, along the, the, the journey. When I, the, the better I got at not labeling things, the more I could see that standing firmly on a position is, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's waste of time. If you think that the book is not relevant, then it's okay. It's, uh, you know, that's, that's your perspective. It's your choice. And the, I got better at sort of finding confidence in that, you know, it's okay that I think the way that I think. It, it, it shouldn't be something that I try to impose on anyone. So the, the book is a suggestion. It's an offer. You can take it. You can learn from it. And you, you can put it in the fireplace. It's, you know, it's, it's all good. <laughs> 
It's it's all good and you, and um You mean a fireplace literally in the <laughs> like fireplace? You, can, you, you know if it's if it's good for heating up the your apartment or something that you know then it then it serves a purpose. It's, well, it's in, fine it didn't Yeah, that's true. That's true. When when we were having a conversation before that uh, show today, you've mentioned uh, that uh, people could learn from that book literally they could follow some of the steps use some of the tools that you propose or even they could build their own road because you mentioned that this uh, you mentioned about the subtitle so you, you you've mentioned that you feel people could go this way get inspired by the book and build their own road um yeah. and i was i was wondering because in the book we get to know you as a person that used to be Uh, quite shy and a person that was hiding this disease for many years. You were not, you, you did not want people to know about it. You were trying to do everything you can to stay as on the outside. Uh, it's as good uh, as, you know, like as if you were seeing perfectly. Mm-hmm. And okay. it, it came across to me that, you know, you were kind of ashamed of this uh, condition for many yeah. years and you were like you know feeling horrible when something happened uh, and you were discovered that as this yeah. maybe a little bit clumsy person or or person that doesn't know what he's doing and i'm just yeah. i'm just reading an article about you written in 2020 And I uh, read this thing about, you know, how far you've come from this place. And I, I, re- I just want this. I want to read this uh, little quote. Bonde is the first to tell you that he does not feel sorry for himself. I come with humor, he says. When I do things that are awkward because I can't see, I laugh. It's not a tragedy. And this includes accidentally sitting on someone in a Turkish bath, which has happened a few times. <laughs> oh, nice. I, I guess. Yeah, but maybe some friendships came <laughs> out of it, hopefully. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but... Uh, Friendship yeah. moments, but it, all, it could also... It, it yeah. can create the opposite. <laughs> of course, yeah. I, I could imagine that, but... Uh, That's uh, that, that's that's quite something. I, I have an image in my head now, and <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, quite a surprise when you think that there's an empty space and you <laughs> sit down, and then someone said, "Oh," and like you know, and then you can't see. When you look at me, you can't see that I that I can't see, and it gets worse when when I'm in dark places and I'm to- almost totally blind. So that's again, do you want to explain? that you mm-hmm. are visually impaired and or is the person so angry now that the, the best thing you can do is just you, you know apologize and then leave mm-hmm. but then you also leave with the feeling of shame I, you know i did something that was wrong and mm-hmm. no it made me feel like an idiot it made me feel like and and i think that was the inner voice that i discovered And uh, I, I, I mentioned some of the authors that have, uh, you know, helped me discovering this. And one of them is Eckhart Tolle. And um, I, I noticed that I, I had this dialogue, inner dialogue going on all the time. But I also noticed that the dialogue was really negative towards myself. I was really a kind person to people, you know, I met in, out of, in, the, in the outer world. But I was so tough on myself and that was something i had to fix and that was part of the project process that i described in part three to sort of you know be 
befriend, be befriended with this inner inner voice that I had, this ego or whatever. I, I don't know. I have a, have a better name for it. But but um, and what I learned was that the more I laugh about my own stupid mishaps, the the more this inner sort of ego that feels offended by you know the actions that i did the more they you know he he laughs with me so i became almost sort of a coach for my inner dialogue and every time i had this negative dialogue going on i had this you know character would come in and say hey what's going on here now you're scolding yourself for doing something you you couldn't you couldn't help it you know you are you're really a good guy man you you do so many things ah oh thank you for coming so i could I could really change, like an alchemy alchemist, change the chemical state in my my brain by having the, a, a new inner dialogue, which is again I call it I call it uh, it's it's almost like a technology, but it's a technology you have inside of you. You can change your your chemistry by thinking, and it's uh, it's no one taught me that when I was a child. I had to learn that myself, and I hope that people reading the book will say, oh. That's actually a revelation for me, uh, and I know about that inner voice myself. I have it all the time. I've experienced that so many times giving talks. People come up to me and say, "I never thought about it like like that." I I just no, I didn't look at that voice as sort of a part of me, and that comes back to the characters you talked about, Marta. They are they are uh, yeah. Now I reveal it. It's okay, <laughs> but they are kind of those <laughs> different sides and aspects of your inner dialogue that you have, and um, it's really interesting to to get to the point when you look at the inner di- dialogue as something you can control and you can make it do things that you wouldn't dare to do before because you have you have all you have you have all you need inside of you to do great things, and that's what I want to teach people. Hopefully, I can. Yeah, and and I I think that just this uh, this little quote it really shows up how much you've gone through mm-hmm. and how much your approach has changed. And now, because we only have a few minutes left, there is one thing that I wanted to ask you. So, when there are those days when it actually becomes quite dark, you know, mm-hmm. when it becomes quite dark on the inside, how do you how do you cope i don't know if coping yeah. is the right word but how do you how are you with that yeah and make no mistake i am there you know very often i think i think i live like you know on the edge of the huge cliff it's very it's just one step to one side and then i'll fall down that cliff and i think that's why i'm so aware of when i w- wake up in the morning and i feel really sad and i think you know i i i I really quickly move myself out of the position that I'm in. I, I activate my body. I, I stand up. I go. I move my. Uh, I move away from the where I was feeling sad to a different position, a different place. Then I start to activate my body. I start to. It sounds weird when I say I touch my arms, and you know, it, it's sort of a, a yoga trick that, that you get your attention in your body instead of being in your mind because you know the sadness comes from remembering something from my past or predicting something in the future so i think that a lot of times i can just by removing myself from where i was feeling sad going to somewhere else um activate my body start imagining what i would like to achieve today 
I, I, I can change the chemistry again from being, you know, uh, all the stress and, and all the sadness into something that is, oh, you know, I, I have so many things that are awesome today. And then I take a look at my beautiful wife and I say, oh, I, I am so happy that I have her in my life. You can, you can change your focus to something, you know, but it's very easy to be caught in the sadness because that's, that's, uh, you know, that's a familiar place for many people and we like to be at familiar places. So it's not something that you do once. It's not a process that you decide to change your patterns of thinking and that, uh, you know, really makes the magic in your life. It feels like a choice that you are taking up every day. Yes. It's like training in the gym. You know, if you stop training your biceps, it becomes smaller again. So it is, you have to stick with it. It's like a new way of, living it's a it's a habit you have to train yourself to think in a in in this way and then be in it live in it otherwise you will go back and i i, I can see when i when i slack in the, my meditations it's easier for me to go back in oz oh, you know everything's so i can't you know no, I'm going blind and my job and we you know all the worrying and all that. So I have to constantly remind myself that I've chosen not to be there. I have to actively distance myself from the sadness. I remember one time when we actually did meet in person in that uh, year and a half <laughs> <laughs> since we did the show. You have shown uh, me that you have a, a, a tattoo. What does yep. your tattoo say? It's a it's an ambigram, I think it's called. You know, when you look at from one side, it says there's no light, and when you turn, when I turn my arm around and you look at from the other side, it says without dark, and that's a constant reminder for me that mm. you know when I'm in a dark place, I can only feel the darkness because I've felt the brightness. So when I'm in the bright place, I give thanks to the darkness because otherwise I wouldn't. F feel the happiness that I'm feeling now. And that makes me able to be, you know, appreciative of the darkness when I'm in that place. Because I can see this is just temporarily, I will come back in the bright space again. And then I remember that being in the darkness makes me, you know, it, it's sort of a, a pendulum that, that swings in life. And you can, you can teach yourself to be happy about experiencing the darkness because that reminds you of the brightness and the other way around it's uh, it's again it's a very old ancient uh, uh i think it's several thousand years ago uh, people started thinking about vibrations and stuff like that and 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 i i discovered this by reading some very old books that are like several hundred years old and um, it made, made me really think about this so we'll ask you for those book titles so that we can uh, include them in the in the show notes. I think I might have idea which books these are. However, we have the last minute, Morten, and I wanted to mm -hmm. ask you for what is the first step to take when you are in that darkness? Just to tell, you know, in a few seconds, what's the what's the first step to get yourself out of darkness? Uh, uh, getting out of my head. So that would say. Uh, being aware of my body, that's mindfulness. So shifting focus from thinking to being in the now, this instant, this present moment, that's the most important thing to, to learn, I think. Thank you so much uh, for this conversation, Martin. All the best of luck with your book. The link to buying the book will be available in the show notes. So whoever 
felt inspired, interested, attracted to getting the book, just check the show notes at the5options.com. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks.